welcome to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer medium. My name is Luke Smith, and this week we're a little late, and Sebastian is not able to join me, but he will be back with us next week as per usual. Now, coming up later in the show, we do have a repeat of an interview that we did with the minister, uh, Childish Barger, as we talk about uh, a pretty recent major announcement by the Canadian federal government uh, to fund a significant number of uh, LGBT charities to add capacity. Uh, as we all know, with this pandemic still rolling on, extra capacity is incredibly important. Now, in the meantime, we want to talk about a couple of quick stories as we focus on highlighting some unbelievable Canadian musical talent. Lil Nas X caused significant uh, conversation over the past couple of weeks following the release of his chart-topping Montero uh, as well as the uh, what have been dubbed the Blood Sneakers. The uh, Montero song by Lil Nas X topped the Billboard charts uh, this past week in addition to the UK Top 40 and several other international charts. Uh, at the same time, Michelle Visage, the famous uh, iconic judge of RuPaul's Drag Race, was recently featured in a new video by Steps, which has been dubbed as Instantly Iconic. Now, for uh, any Brits listening, Steps was certainly a very camp, very popular band to come out in the uh, early 2000s. So Michelle Versace has stepped back into her singing shoes, joined this old-school 2000s band as they launched their Heartbreak in the City music video. Well, instead of featuring Lil Nas X and Steps, we are going to be focusing on some Canadian talent. So starting off with Moscow Apartment, we're big fans of these girls. Uh, we are very happy whenever we have a chance to feature Fry and Padilla, the two that make up the Bosco apartment. Um, their perceptions of songwriting and their uh, harmonies are really quite something. We'll be kicking off with uh, the first song, which in this case is Halfway, uh, off their album uh, just after that, we will be looking at a song by Jaylee Wolf. Now, Jaylee Wolf has been described as indigenous, queer, and proud of her post-traumatic uh, growth. Jaylee Wolf is a doomsday cult survivor, uh, then turned into an actress, an alt-pop songwriter, and a byproduct of the controversial 60s scoop. The Canadian, uh, the Canadian who uh, debuted with Child of the Government, and that's where we, f we see the first track that we're going to be playing here, um, uh, speaks about uh, her experiences as a child of uh, her father, who was caught up in the 60s scoop, and also created a uh, documentary that uh, covers a chilling short film, actually, which covers much of the same experience. So... Go check out Jaylee Wolf, J-A-Y-L-I-W-O-L-F, uh, from the uh, album Child of the Government. And we'll be playing the uh, single Child of the Government from that same album. We'll be back just after this.
Welcome back to Can Queer, home of Canada's queer media. My name is Luke Smith, and I am, you know, I thought I was excited about the interviews last week, but it has nothing on my excitement for the interview today with the Right Honourable Minister Bardish Chaga. The, uh, just thank you so much for taking the time in your very busy day today uh, to come and speak to me and uh, all the listeners to uh, the radio show here. I thank you so much for having me and I'm glad you're excited because I'm really excited too. We were able to make a, a really exciting announcement, $15 million for 76 organizations from coast to coast to coast, building upon the, the work that we have been doing. And this is new money. So not replacing other money. This is really about how do we build capacity in LGBTQ2 serving organizations, as well as that national network. So it's a very exciting day. I mean, I mean, I was excited when the fund got announced as part of the budget in 2019. Um, you know, our show was looking at this being like, wow, this is going to be an incredible shot in the arm for uh, LGBT civil society. And the, the proof really is in the pudding here. Um, you know, I was looking through the list and you've got like Truro Pride, small town pride, 17 grand. But for that pride, it's going to make the world of difference all the way up to like 700 grand to build unbelievable capacity for national organizations. I think what has jumped out to me as somebody who's worked with, uh, you know, pride organizations and, and other LGBT groups and folks that we've interviewed, having the ability to just hire somebody to do a thing and, and, and rent an office space to, to do a thing um, you're making that happen for 76 different organizations. It is truly astonishing. And thousands of Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Just the concept of understanding that when I or an individual contacts the organization that there's to serve them, someone's going to answer the phone. And we know that the pandemic has been a challenging time disproportionately for certain segments of the population and LGBTQ2 Canadians, no exception. And so that's why more than ever, this fund was needed. And so, yes, you're right. 2019, we committed $20 million. We were able to get $2 million out the door to seven organizations, national organizations, rather quickly. And then now within the next fiscal year, actually getting the remainder of the money out to 76 organizations, as well as giving a top up to the original, well, six of the original seven really does make the difference. And we know that the fund aims to help build and maintain national LGBTQ2 networks and gatherings. It supports LGBTQ2 organizations in developing and enhancing their capacity to deliver services at the community level, because it's really about people and individuals. And it maintains and strengthens partnerships between LGBTQ2 organizations, the government of Canada, 
and other potential funding partners. This is another step of the work that we've been doing. Since we took office in 2015, it's really been about how do we um, really build a truly inclusive Canada. And that's why right now, I'm not sure if you know, and I hope you do, because we have a survey that we've launched because part of my mandate is actually helping to develop and shape the first national LGBTQ to an action plan. And what I want to see is that it be informed by community so that the government responds to the needs of members within the community. So if you're 16 years of age and older and you self-identify as part of the LGBTQ2 community, we want to hear from you. It's entirely anonymous. It is entirely voluntary. But before February 28th, please take the time and let us know what's happening in your world, what is your real um, experiences, your lived realities, so the government can actually help um, and actually support where it's needed, not what we think is needed. Absolutely. I'm really glad you brought up the survey and the action plan because uh, I've had a couple of people email it to me being like, oh, did you know about this? And it's like, well, yeah, this is this is fantastic. And when, when government is making a, a big decision, uh, it takes a lot of information. It takes a long time to move the machinery of government in, in a certain direction. Um, with the pandemic, you know, accepted, you, you folks moved unbelievably fast there. But when it comes to creating an action plan for an unbelievably diverse community, making sure that everyone's perspectives are, are reflected is so vital. Uh, we will be including the links to this uh, um, in the website and we'll read out the addresses uh, online later in the show uh, as well. Please take a few minutes and fill out the survey. I know I've done it. Um, I will be prodding Sebastian to make sure he does it. Um, and uh, we'll be going. We'll be going from there. One of the things that kind of stood out for me is this. Obviously, was announced pre-pandemic. The, the 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 funding, the applications closed. I think in March. Or I think it may be in May. Um, right when people are like just figuring out that you know the world has ended. Um, how do you think that that's that's impacted these? Did you do you think it impacted the applications? Do you think the pandemic has had much of a, a, an effect? So actually, Minister Monsa, if you're right, had announced it on March 3rd, 2020. I had echoed it on um, March 4th, the following day. Um, and then the applications were supposed to close at the end of April, but then we extended it to mid-May just with the COVID reality um, because the world was changing. As much as it feels like it was ending, it wasn't ending. It was just really changing really quickly. And it, I think, really has highlighted... Um, the inequities that exist within our society. And, you know, if you look at the, the disparities, however you want to call it, between certain equity-seeking communities, LGBTQ2 communities being no exception, it's not like this started because of the pandemic. It's always existed. So now I feel that we actually have, under the leadership of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau um, and this government, is we've been responding since we took office in 2015, but there's just this desire to double down and say, we need to do more. And we need to do it faster and we really need to work in partnership. And I think that's what's kind of exciting about it all. And the announcement took a little bit of time, primarily because we want to announce it all at once. And so there's contribution agreements being negotiated with uh, Women and Gender Equality Canada, the department. Um, and I'm really grateful to the team there that's working so closely with my team in diversity and inclusion and in youth to get this money at the door. Uh, because we want to ensure that people succeed and these organizations succeed. And today's announcement, we saw um, dozens of organizations all on a virtual connection together, 
hopefully building a network and learning from each other and lifting each other up and then leaving the ladder down for others to also come and be able to, you know, create that society where every individual can be their true authentic self. Well, I think we have a couple of clips of that announcement from earlier today, which would be uh, last week for, t- for the time we're recording. Um, but I think what really stood out to me is the dedication that this government has shown to supporting the LGBT community and, and better understanding the LGBT community. You know, you've mentioned this action plan on the survey, everyone please go out and fill it in. But also, you know, there was a couple of researchers out, you know, with Stats Canada who dove in and talked about the how uh, COVID-19 has disproportionately impacted LGBT folks and sort of gave some evidence on that. I think we'll touch on that a little bit later in the show. But it seems to be a whole-of-government approach to welcoming and empowering LGBT folks. Now, having been in Canada for 10, 15 years, I I don't recall previous governments having had that same uh, commitment. But it does beg the question, as we move, as you get the last of this funding out, you're topping up those other six, is this going to be sustainable? you know, as we move into the next three budgets? Is this is this a one-off fund? So our government, since we took office in 2015, um, oftentimes is referred to as the government that consults. So we need Canadians to let us know what's on your mind. Where do you think government can support? How does government work with and for Canadians? We committed to being the voice of our constituents in Ottawa, rather than being Ottawa's voice within our ridings. So we have transformed the way government works. So right now is a budget consultation process. You have an opportunity to go to the Finance Canada website and let us know what you think. A lot of the organizations that were funded um, through this um, LGBTQ2 Community Capacity Fund always existed. They've been based on volunteers. They've been based on people within the community going above and beyond to help serve you know, fellow citizens, to help serve their community, to really make sure that those supports are available. What this fund does is provide them a little bit of assurance that they can continue to provide these services during uncertain times. But what it also does is it provides certainty to the people who are receiving those programs and services that this is not just a COVID thing. This is really about how do we access services and make sure that it exists. And I agree with you, Luke, like when it comes to this government, you know, the prime minister said, we have a choice to make. We can decide to move forward instead of returning to the status quo. We can choose to embrace new solutions to the challenges we face and refuse to be held back by old ways of thinking. We have this opportunity, as much as the pandemic has been horrible and challenging and unprecedented, we have this opportunity to build back even better and consciously more inclusive, to be aware of who's at the decision-making table, to be aware of who are we being informed by, and that's what our government wants to do. When we created the um, anti-racism strategy, as well as the anti-racism secretariat, it's because we spoke to Canadians from coast to coast to coast. We spoke to equity-seeking communities. We spoke to religious minority groups, and the list goes on. And that informed our anti-racism strategy, an evergreen document. And now we can do something very similar with the LGBTQ2 action plan. And that's why we want it to be created for for Canadians by community. And that's why it's just really about saying, please work with us. We are here to work for you. And as I said at the announcement today, you know, it's important that members of the communities know that we see you, we hear you, we know it's been challenging and we don't want to leave you behind. 
And that's why you have a full voice at the cabinet table. And that's why I'm so proud to serve as your Minister of Diversity and Inclusion in you. Excellent. Thank you so much, uh, Minister Shaka, for, for taking the time to speak with me. Um, I couldn't say it better myself. Uh, me and Sebastian are going to dive in on some of the examples of what was funded because... Uh, I mean, I could I could wax poetic about the, the these funding packages uh, until the cows come home, but I don't want to take up any more of your time. Um, on behalf of me and, and the show, thank you so much for your time. And more importantly, um, thank you for you and your government in, in terms of offering this vital capacity to the LGBTQ uh, civil society. It is greatly appreciated. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much. I'm not better than anyone, and you're no better than me. So here we stand at the out of face, face to face in symmetry. I laugh when I'm afraid, and I cry when taken by peace, and I shake. And I scream when I release I want to breathe but I can't catch breath I want to live but I can't shake death And maybe light in the darkest of places Tread lightly through these heavy graces Learned here, no 
That was the cover of Heavy Graces, or Through These Heavy Graces, by Nanaimo native and now uh, resident of Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, Alison Crow. We are, um, we've played Alison Crow only a few times, and uh, we are always happy to, to um, promote the incredible music by this uh, amazing artist. And then after that, we actually had a, a track by Riddison, 
from Toronto, influenced by glam rock and drag culture. So a little bit of new wave thrown in there as well, as Riddison is uh, coming up through the Toronto indie scene. Now, before we start diving into our, our next songs, and just a little earlier we heard that interview with Minister Chaga, an interesting conversation is starting to appear on gay hookup apps, starting with Grinder. Uh, is Vax for Vax the new Mask for Mask? So for those who aren't familiar, Mask for Mask is masculine men looking for masculine men. And now it seems like vaccinated men are only really looking for vaccinated men. Now, I don't think this is really a problem for Canada, which has been, of course, stymied by the slow rollout of the vaccine program. But in the USA, clean UB2 seems to be the new trending uh, name tag as folks try to stay safe in this pretty uh, scary time. All right, we're going to be jumping to our next track, and this one is by Vox Rhea. They have influences ranging from Arcade Fire to Frederick Nietzsche. So we'll uh, certainly get a sense of what uh, those uh, influences sound like. This is Sinatra by Vox Rhea. And then after that, we're having Summer Haze by Velour. Um, Velour is a fantastic Canadian artist, speaks both French and English, and sometimes a bit of a mix of both. Uh, we'll be back just after this.
still think I'm messy and I'm intimate With only myself to fit inside my home Still reach out to steal your beating heart Maybe mine could restart when the lights get low Dry up and I'll stand My feet still in the sand With a smile I trace my wounds like they were works of art Now I know how to start To try again As we move into the tail end of the show, we did want to address a bit of a raising gossip story. Famous YouTuber James Charles, no uh, stranger to controversy himself, has recently had to issue not one but a few different apologies, having um, undergone serious allegations that he has been uh, flirting um, with suggestive uh, photos uh, with various fans of his chatting through through uh, YouTube and, and other communication means uh, with various fans of his who are 16 years old. Now, if this was an isolated incident, maybe there was a confusion around the age, but this seems to be happening a couple of times. I 
screwed up, said the 21-year-old uh, beauty YouTuber. Um, he didn't say specifically screwed up, but we can't repeat that on the radio. Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on this story. Uh, very often his uh, YouTube videos are incredibly popular with younger folks. He did issue a 15-minute long video explanation. Uh, you can find that. It's called Holding Myself Accountable. Uh, but of course, this isn't the first time, and it came uh, followed with uh, certainly considerable backlash. So we'll be keeping an eye out on that story. Also interesting this week was Kate Winslet has revealed to several news sources that she knows at least four actors who are afraid of coming out. In an interview with the Times Culture magazine, she noted that she knows at least four of them who think that coming out would hurt her hurt their careers certainly questions the idea that we are in a uh, a world where coming out as homosexual is uh, no longer uh, quite a big deal we'll be playing the next turn me on by lenny ball followed by something about xenon by xenon we shall be back just after this
Something about waking up in someone else's room There's something about my head that feels heavy too There's something about me looking out the window as the cars go him realized it wasn't you sat up and took a breath i never felt so cruel there's something about the curtains i'll capture in my mind forever and forever until the end of time there's something about waking up in someone else's feel happy too There's something about me looking at his smile and not yours I never imagined my feet on his floor Stand up and take it in I never felt this way before Now, in a follow-up to news stories that we have been discussing earlier in the uh, year, we've been talking about the ongoing crisis at London Pride, London Pride UK, uh, the British one. Now, Sadiq Khan, the uh, elected mayor of London, uh, has now spoken out about this uh, ongoing saga with London Pride. He noted that uh, he understands the concerns and he hopes that London Pride can sort out the mess 
and the relationship with the community can be reset and refreshed. Now, Sadiq Khan is in the middle of an election to hopefully, uh, hopefully for him, be re-elected as the mayor of London. Uh, so he's certainly uh, not uh, ruffling too many feathers right now. He did note that he was aware lots of people were concerned about the police participation in Pride. Although being aware of it, he says that Pride, took, Pride London took the decision that they did. Uh, the board felt that it went against their stated values and the commitments um, that they'd already made in public to deny entry. Uh, so he was sticking to a statement that Pride London had already made. Now, that's all we've got for this week's show. We'll be back next week. Uh, myself and Sebastian will be joining. A little bit more difficult as we are back into a lockdown in the province of Ontario. But we will make it work. We're playing now with another song by Annabelle uh, Trustick, the Juno-nominated singer. And this particular track is called Firefly. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Love, you just love That's what I love about you You just love